From corporate musicians, artists, acrobats, athletes, and so much more, there is so many different existing realities out there, some that we can't even imagine. Here, you get to tune into some of them and get inspired by Stories Unfolded. Hello, hello. After a little bit of a break of the podcast focusing on some other things like guiding in Portugal, <laughs> I am back here and hopefully um, keeping this up and running. And today we have a very special guest, Ricardo Braz, a Brazilian photographer that has his work featured on National Geographic and various travel magazines. He has worked with um, many renowned brands as well. And he calls himself a landscape minimal and otherworldly photographer. So I'm very excited to have him on the show today. I met Ricardo at the end of 2021 when a photographer friend of mine from whom you're also going to listen to his story in an episode very soon told me about a mentorship that he did with Ricardo and a difference that it made in his work. At the time, I was looking for some kind of a guidance. So I reached out to Ricardo for the mentorship and it was great. He gave me a lot of valuable inputs and new perspectives that I hadn't reflected upon yet. And since then, I have been following his work on Instagram and it is really one to admire. As he says himself in his description, he has a very minimalistic approach to landscape and travel photography. And he has a beautiful aesthetic eye, attention to details and is also an editing master, I would say. <laughs> And at the beginning of this year, 2023, I had the opportunity to join him in one of his photographic expeditions. We went to Patagonia. We were a group of 12 participants in total, everyone looking for great shots. So it was a, an amazing experience where we woke up for sunrises and did photography during the whole day, went for sunsets and had a great time together. And during the, the trip, I had the chance to meet him a bit better and I thought it was a, it would be a great idea to invite him in the podcast so he could tell you a bit more about his inspiring journey as a successful travel photographer known worldwide. So let's tune into it. Hi, Ricardo. How are you? Uh, good, new. Good, thank, thank you. For, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great having you. I'm excited to see everything that you're going to tell us today. Thank so you. before we dive deep into your story, let's start with some icebreakers. First of all, so people can place you in the world map. Where are you currently located? I am home, which is Rio, Brazil. I just came back home from an almost two-month trip in Europe. I came back last week, about five, six days ago, and it feels good to be home. It's, it's wind in Rio, so it's lovely here. The weather is just perfect. It's a what great time. Mean? In, in degrees Celsius, so people can um, have an idea. <laughs> 18 at night to 26 during the day. That's a very good temperature for Rio. Normally it's like 26 during the day and 30 something, 26 at night and 32 during the day. So it's actually a very good temperature. Like people are going out with like jackets and gloves and everything because it's 18 degrees. So. And here in Switzerland, like if it's 18 degrees, it's like, oh my God, it's so warm. Like oh, it's such yeah. a perspective. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny actually because well I was in in Zurich. It's where my flight came from when I was in Europe, and it was like the same. It was like 16, 17, 18 degrees at night, and I was just like with shirts, like normal shirt and shorts and easy. And when I got here, like yesterday, I went out at night and it was eighteen. I was freezing. Like I don't know. It's just I think it's just the perception, but it's it's crazy. Yeah, because I have to think like people from Zurich, they're coming from winter, so they coming from like zero degrees. So 18 is super warm if you're coming from zero degrees. And here in Rio, like you're coming from 36 and then suddenly it's 18. So it's yeah, of course. like where you're coming from, I guess. <laughs> True. Yeah, different different perspectives. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So what is your favorite morning routine? Morning routine. Wake up, have a good stretch. Not very long, like 10 minutes, like 10 minute yoga session. It's enough for me just to get the body warmed up. Big breakfast. I love breakfast. And then I start with like boring things that I have to do on my list. Just like getting stuff done, you know, not like the creative stuff. The creative stuff I like to do like more at night normally. In the morning, I just like to get things done. So emails or if I have to 
I don't know, fix something in my car or go to somewhere in the street and get something done. Yeah, that's normally what I do in the mornings. Like just like try to get all of this done and then lunch. And then I start like working properly on like editing or if I need to do something more creative, like planning a trip or trying to come up with some projects or have a few meetings. I like to do that in the afternoon or at night. So the morning for me, it's just about getting things done, basically. Makes sense because once you get that done, then you can actually free your mind to the things that yeah. you actually like doing. So makes sense. Yeah, it's it's hard to, for me, it's really hard to get like creative, like edit stuff and try to think like outside, outside of the box when you have a bunch of other things to do. It's just very hard for me to focus on one thing when I have many things going around. So that's that's how it works for me, yeah. So you mentioned you love breakfast. What will one always <laughs> find in your fridge? <laughs> Eggs. Um, yeah. I'm I'm a simple guy actually. Well, fruits. I love fruits, especially being home. All kind of fruits, granola, honey, yogurt. That's like a classic. And then egg and bread, basically. Nothing like really fancy and coffee, of course. Yeah, that's that's it. It's a simple and efficient breakfast for me. <laughs> that's what, what is always going to be in your fridge. Every time you wake up, there's going to be all of that in there. Well, I'll, I hope so. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I miss <laughs> yeah. um, When I'm home, it's, it's easier. Um, I still live with my parents in Rio. It's, uh, it's very convenient for me because I'm always traveling around. And so the last six months of the year, from June to December, I don't live in Rio. Uh, basically, I moved to the northeast of Brazil. So for me to rent an apartment, it doesn't really make sense because the first six, the first half of the year, I'm in Rio, but I'm also I'm always traveling. So when I come back home, it's really nice to spend some time with my parents. They're really chill. And the last six months, like I rent a place, well, by myself, but in another state. So it doesn't make sense for me to have a place in Rio yet. So it's very nice just to be back home with them. I also try to spend most time I can with them as well. I haven't been very, very present the last, the last few years. So it's it's always good to be around family. Yeah. yeah. So it means that six six months of the year, your fridge is already completed by someone else. <laughs> your mom has to pull on when you arrive at home. <laughs> Exactly. In the other six months, you have to see if you find some food to put in there or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Pretty <laughs> good. Um, it normally works out. Normally works out. Yeah. <laughs> but at least six months of the year, you're you, you're well fed, and then yeah. the other six months, you compensate for the first six months. <laughs> Sounds pretty handy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The last icebreaker. If you could choose a superpower, what would it be? Ooh, I actually thought this question, uh, thought about this question a couple of times. I can't make up my mind between communicating with all humans, like speaking all of the languages, or communicating with all animals, like speaking to every kind of animal in the world. I, I, I literally can't choose between both, but it, it would be definitely communicating with everything. <laughs> communication skill for sure with humans would be amazing like for traveling for connecting deeper with people like when you don't know their language it's really hard to properly connect um especially with traveling it's super hard but with animals would be just like wow right yeah for sure you know, I'm, cool. I'm not sure if they, they, they probably have like some cool stories to tell and i don't know just to hear about their uh, point of view of the world that would be incredible even though i'm not sure if they would say much they well, probably yeah, would. It's hard to, yeah, I'm sure they would. I mean, it's hard <laughs> to know what they think or how they communicate. So exactly. Uh, but that, yeah, that's definitely really cool. So just being able to talk with any being in the world, pretty much. Yeah, if, if I could choose that, that would be cool. Yeah. Very powerful. Very cool. powerful. <laughs> so you <laughs> you gave like some hints about who you are, about your lifestyle, and things like that. But let's say, and I know a little bit more about you than the people that are listening. Um, let's say I'm meeting you for the first time. How would you describe yourself? Like kind of an elevator pitch. Well, I am born and raised in Rio. I'm 28 now. And I've been doing full-time photography work for about five years. I consider myself an explorer. 
an enthusiast for knowing other cultures, having new experiences, and trying to basically explore as much as I can. I love the outdoors. I don't like being like cities, like chaotic stuff, traffic, this kind of stuff. Just I, I don't like it anymore. And I, f I feel like I've been getting used to this lifestyle of being a little bit out of the radar and out in nature, but not like wild. Like I don't go camping for like two months. Not like that kind of, of explorer, but just being around nature with some kind of comfort. I think it's my, my happy place. I'm not that guy that likes like go hitchhiking with a huge backpack and see where the road leads. Like, especially because doing photography, you need some kind of comfort and some kind of infrastructure to get the best shot possible. So. Like you need to, you need to be close to the sunrise spot, to the sunset spot. So you need to rent a car. You need to have a hotel. You need to have some downtime to edit. So I just cannot do this like crazy stuff anymore where I go without sleep for like 10 days. Like I need, I need my internet. I need my phone to work. I need my camera. I need like uh, batteries and everything. So it's kind of a mix between crazy explorer, but with some kind of comfort. I think I'm, I'm that kind of guy outside of the photography world, to be honest. I don't see myself without photography nowadays. It's my pa it's my, my passion and it's also my job. So if I wasn't doing photography, I have no idea what I'll be doing right now. I also have, I like to say, an alter ego, which is my kitesurfing like, character. Um, six months out of the year, I just moved to the northeast of Brazil. It's where I kitesurf. I started kitesurfing during COVID. My parents have a house by the beach in Búzios, which is like, two, three hours from you. And it's a very good kite surfing spot. And I've always wanted to try, but I didn't have time. Like a few years back, I was like before COVID, I was traveling basically full time. And it was, I never had the uh, the chance to do like a full month of, of lessons. And you kind of need that consistency to learn the sport. And during COVID, well, we were all basically stuck at home and I had like this beautiful beach just in front of me. I was like, yeah, I'm going to learn kite surfing. It honestly feels like the same passion I had for photography when I started. Like it's very addictive and it's something that I love. I love the lifestyle. I love being around the water, the ocean, the sun, the wind. So I, my life, it's kind of like divided now between photography and, and kite surfing. Kite surfing is more than a hobby, than a job, even though I get some jobs with kite surfing as well. But of course, my main life, it's, it's around photography nowadays. That's a long elevator speech, but thank you for going into detail. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone that would need like, a, you, you have to get like the elevator pitch a bit improved, but it was really good. Thank you for giving us <laughs> a lot of insight into um, <laughs> your We're life. Elevator, so we have time. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, no, that's amazing. I mean, it's amazing that you have these two personalities and that you can play around with both of them. Also, they're very complementary, I guess, right? Because one of them dedicates a lot of your time also in front of the computer and, and traveling and logistics. And the other one is more like living the moment and sports and kind of yeah, being there present. So it's nice to have that counterbalance, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's a bit of an escape as well. I feel like every job... There, there comes a point when you're just like tired of doing that job, like that same task all, all, like over and over. So when I photograph too much, especially like now, for example, like I don't want to touch my camera for like a couple of weeks because I've been shooting for two months straight. And I'm probably just going to pick up my camera when I go, I don't know, in like two weeks or something when I go Northeast and have some kind of job there. So it is an escape. And I feel like every kind of job, if you can, it's good to have a break from time to time. When you do photography, you don't have like weekends, you don't have work time. So just working all the time in front of the computer or in the camera and like, or shooting or editing, basically, you're just like all, all the time working. So if you can, if I can like have a break and just like spend a week kite surfing without worrying about too much camera or editing or clients or emails, it's, it's so nice for me just to get my head clear a bit. So it's a very good escape for me as well. I think, I mean, now you entered already in a few of the dark sides <laughs> of photography, <laughs> like the not so exciting stuff, I guess. Yeah. Like for people looking from the outside, like let's say your Instagram or like your website or um, just knowing, not knowing the little details of your work. Um, you travel, it, you travel a lot, like you've been to a lot of countries, you've visited a lot of the different cultures. Your work has been featured in National Geographic. You've been working with a lot of uh, international brands, well-known brands. 
Um, so for a lot of people, like looking from outside is like, it could be a job that many dream of, um, just traveling and working with photography and creating amazing images. Can you give us a little bit of a background story of how you even got to that? Because it's not like one day to the other, like, well, it is maybe, but <laughs> there is a process until you get to that point of being where you yeah, are now, sure. I guess. Oh, it is, it is a dream job. I'm, I'm super happy with what I do, but especially I think nowadays in social media, we only share the good stuff about it. Like in general, it doesn't need to be about your job, also about your life, your relationships, of your routine. We only share the good stuff, right? We normally don't share the bad stuff. So people looking from the outside think like, oh man, this life is living, this guy is living a dream, just traveling and meeting cool people and being to nice spots. But they don't see like all the hard work that it's like behind the screen, like spend more time, way more time in the laptop than out there taking photos, you know, that, right? <laughs> But yeah, I can't, I can't really complain. And it's funny because for, I can never, photography was never something that I wanted to work with. Of course, there was a point where it's like, okay, maybe this can work. But it all started, it started with like some film cameras back in 2011, 12, 13. There was, uh, I had an, I had a, a phase of like being like rock and roll with like indie music and this kind of stuff. So I picked up some, some like old vintage cameras. I had like a huge hair and I picked up like some old cameras just for the, you know, like just for the, for the lifestyle and not for the photography itself, but it was, it was just fun. Like, like listening to this kind of indie bands and having like these old cameras, it just all fitted the style. And, um, well, I just like taking photos and then my, like my trips started, like my first, like really real backpacking trip was in 2015. How old were you then? Sorry. Uh, Probably. 20. 20. 2015, I was 20, yeah. So, like, right after high school or? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. I went to uh, South America, well, for a month with with two of my friends. We did, like, the classic Machu Picchu, Atacama, um, Bolivia trip. And it was a trip that had, like, an iPhone 5. And that was the first trip that I, like, start, started sharing my photos. And, on like, on, on Facebook, I didn't... I, well, I had Instagram at the time, but it was just, like, useless. Uh, we used more Facebook at the time. And then some, some friends of mine are like, yeah, these are very nice photos and family as well. And I tried to do, like, a daily, like, daily upload, like, day one, this place and day two, that place. And it was basically where it all started. Like, people are like, oh, man, these photos are nice. And then I remember at the end of the trip was, like, day 30. And everyone was commenting, yeah, man, this, these photos are really cool. I want to visit this place. Okay, let's let's see where this goes. And then 2016, I did another uh, backpacking trip in Southeast Asia, and I decided to get my first like proper camera. It was a very small Fuji XT10. I had no idea of like how they work, the lenses, aperture, like any of that stuff. I just bought that camera because it looked like really cool. Right, reminded me of like my film cameras, like a vintage camera. And yeah, so I posted on Instagram, and then from 2016 to 2018 basically i was i was in university doing marketing well uh, business but focused on marketing and also working so i didn't have a lot of time to travel but i could always find two weeks or three weeks to travel around and i did some 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 good traveling those in those years and then when i graduated that was the end of 2017 but like I'm not super happy with my job right now. Um, I have saved some money. Let's see. Let's see where this goes. So I bought a one-way ticket to Asia, 2018. Spent six months in Asia, and that was the first trip that was like maybe I want to work with photography and see if it works. So that was a trip where I really invested my time and money in like creating a nice portfolio, like going to nice hotels, shooting the hotels shooting uh, some work for like travel agencies for free and then ever since i came back from that trip i basically never never stopped taking photos and and uh yeah it became work after that trip which was at first it wasn't my real intention but as the trip uh went on it just it just happened like it was honestly never my idea but it's just it just happened and then i think it's a it's a gradual evolution nothing happens from from night to day that's for sure you never you never stop learning you're always connecting with new people that are teaching you new stuff always traveling to new places getting new perspective learning new techniques so it's it's a long process to to get where um where i am right now and there's still a long process to go of course but 
Um, yeah, I'm very happy how how it turned out. It's been slowly, but it's it's been a it's been a nice process. Nice. And now all of these trips that you have done, like, have you gone alone or have you gone with friends? Like, how? I mean, the first used, one you mentioned, but like the the Asia yeah, trip, for example. Or I used to travel alone a lot, like just backpacking with like a big backpack in the back and the camera bag in the front. But I feel like these days are kind of over now. I realize that traveling with people is well. I had I had a lot of fun back then. But when it comes to photography, to be surrounded with people that do photography as well is just another level. I mean, it needs to be the right person, right? Um, so I, I would never go to like a crazy, beautiful location with a friend that doesn't photograph. For me, that wouldn't work. So if I can find the right person, which nowadays with all like social media and stuff, it's super easy to just to find people to travel with. I'd rather travel with other photographers and videographers or whatever, for sure. So you find them pretty much online, like you make friends online and then you go and meet them. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds dangerous, <laughs> sketchy, but uh, yeah, it's funny. Um, before COVID, I would say that I was travel a lot alone. Like if I didn't have company, I would just go. I did a lot of, lot of trips. Okay, I want to go to Central America in two months. Like I contact a few friends. No, I can't and I have the money. Like I would just go and figure out. But especially after COVID, Well, it was a time of like isolation for everyone. And I got close to a lot of people on Instagram, like photographers, that funnily enough, these people were like more friends to me than friends that I had for 10 years in high school, right? And then... Well, yeah, they know the new version of you, like that yeah. your other friends probably don't know yeah. that well. So <laughs> we share the same interests and it's crazy. Like just traveling, when, when you find people that do the same thing as you, It's just so easy like to engage in a nice conversation. Just like if you go to a bar and meet like uh, another photographer that you met on Instagram, like, hey, I'm in I'm in Rio right now. Let's meet, like, let's have an acai. And you have like a two, three hour conversation about like all the random stuff and people that you've been studying and like hanging out for 10 years who you can't even have like a 10 minute conversation. So that's how I feel nowadays. Um, from, from one perspective, it's kind of sad. But it's true, like I feel way more connected with people that I meet online, not necessarily, well, most of them are photographers, of course, but I feel the connection, it's way bigger with these people than people that I have known from, from a while. And that's, that's what I've been focusing on traveling right now, just getting these kind of people to come along and it's like planning trips. And it's, it's honestly the best feeling in the world. Like, I you know, the person for like, three, four years on Instagram and then like, hey, let's let's go to Namibia. And then you've never seen that person in your life and you get to Namibia, spend two weeks with them and it's the most amazing trip. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Is there like a, a Tinder for photographers or like not, not <laughs> in the sense of dating, but in the sense of like meeting? Um, that would be something. Yeah, like if you're somewhere and you're like, okay, I don't know, you just kind of match with people to, to do exactly that what you said, right? To kind of actually meet the people then personally, but not like Tinder if people think already about dating, but yeah, yeah, yeah. like on a friend's level as well. That is that's an amazing idea actually. Well, for me, I just I just use Instagram. I feel like as you as you kind of create a a, a good following base, it's easy. Like, hey, I'm traveling to whatever in a couple of weeks. Is there anyone around? There's probably someone that's gonna be there or know someone that's there. I feel like when you're smaller on Instagram, you don't have that big of of a, of an audience. It's harder when you get to a certain point, like you have people from all over the world following you. So if you go to Asia, if you go to Europe, if you go to Africa, probably there will be someone that's going to be up for coffee or for uh, going out and shooting. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And <laughs> what, like in this whole process of getting to where you are now, like you mentioned a few things already, but what would you say were the biggest challenges you have faced or that you keep facing in this process? I think... All of the work you do as a freelancer doesn't need to be like photography. If you're a freelance, you're always, you don't have a certainty of basically anything. Like, you don't know, next month I could make X or I can make 10X. I have no idea what's going to happen. So if you don't chase like the work, it's probably not going to come to you. Like you always need to be in a hunt of something new to do. If you just sit around and wait it's going to be really hard. Well, unless you have like a huge name or everything and brands come to you. But I feel like the the hardest thing about being a freelance photographer or creative in general is that you need to be pushing like all the time. 
you just can't like stop and wait like like do the uh, nine to five job you know and in the end of the month you're gonna have a salary like if you don't if you don't push to find work it's gonna be really hard to like get a get a good income so I think that's the hardest part for all the all the freelancers for sure it's just very like uncertain and you can't you can't just like rely on like having a good portfolio, having good connections, you really need to put your name out there and stand out some somehow. Because there's a lot of competition as well. So yeah, it's just this uncertainty that's I think that's the hardest part as a as a freelancer for sure. I mean, you mentioned now like the struggles and also before when you were talking about, you know, writing emails or uh, doing a lot of stuff in front of the computer that many people don't see, right? Like a lot of people just see the pictures and they're like, oh my God, you have the talent, so amazing, beautiful pictures. Um, but they only see the final product. They don't see everything that is behind that final product. Can you go a little bit deeper in the sense of like you said already as well, like you have to hunt jobs, like you have to go and, and write proposals and reach out to people. Anyway, like all of, or the editing part, kind of if someone doesn't know like i know everything that you're saying but if someone doesn't know the actual work that a photographer goes through so in your, your case um especially travel photography where you have to write proposals for brands for tourist mm -hmm. agencies and that how do you go about it like what is your let's say method like from you have you don't have any jobs right now until delivering your picture like can you go a little bit in that process so people can understand yeah, yeah the picture is just a final product there's a lot that goes like behind the last picture you know like the one that we post on instagram let's say that's the final product there's so much that goes um that happens before that picture Oof, it's it's a long process um <laughs> you don't have to go super into detail but just like to yeah, have yeah. a general idea so people can understand the way, yeah, the way i like to work is basically I try to think of a, a trip or an expedition um, that I want to do or like a project could be. And let's say, I mean, let's, I think it's easier if we um, just have like a, a certain trip. Like let's say I want to go to Norway on the top of my list. Okay. Then I really want to go to Norway in three months. So I'm going to spend all of my time from now until the day I go on the trip thinking of how I can make money if I go to Norway. Right. So for me, I'm mostly like an outdoor and lifestyle photography that I like label myself. So I'll start, I'll start thinking of brands which share the same values as me as well. Like I don't want to work with a brand that doesn't really communicate with me or with my audience. It doesn't really make sense to me. So starting from now, I would think of a range of brands from clothing to can be like food, can be tourist agencies, can be airline companies, can be accessories, can be camera gear. I mean, it's, you, you can get really creative with all the brands you work, like magazines of like uh, an agency that does like some kind of licensing and understanding who would be willing to pay me for some kind of product that I can do on that trip. So I, I basically draw an outline of like how the trip would be like, okay, I'm going to be 15 days in Norway. And that, that's, that's a really hard part of planning as well. Like seeing where you want to go and what these places can deliver in terms of photography. Like I'm not going to a place where I know that I won't be doing very nice photos, right? I'm not going to plan a trip to, I don't know, let's say like, I'm not going to plan a trip to Paris or to London if my job is like outdoors, right? So I'm going to pick a place that it's interesting to photograph. And Norway, I mean, Norway is amazing, but I feel like there's a lot of stuff been do that have been done in Norway already. So let's say I want to I wanna go different. I want to go to Greenland, right? Which is, wow, a crazy destination, like really outside of the box. That I think that have more value to brands than going to Norway or to, let's say, even like Patagonia. Patagonia is amazing, but... Like it's been, it's been explored for like years and years and years and everyone knows Patagonia, those peaks. I mean, it's, it's incredible. I love that place. Um, Some brands maybe even want that, no? Like exactly yeah. because it has been explored that much that yeah. people like, oh, they know it, you know, like it's kind of a yeah, sensation in a way. Yeah, true. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the tricky part to find brands that align with your proposal. It could be going to Patagonia or going to Greenland. Probably the brand that wants to go to Patagonia doesn't want to go to Greenland and vice versa as well. 
or there's a brand that wants to go to well whatever i think that's that's the key secret that comes like all the planning and all the pre-production is to definitely find that brand that wants to be in your project and not the other way around what what, what we see a lot these days like in the outdoor and photography world is people doing like like a brand uh, reaches out to them and they have like this project that it's not it's not like what they want to do, but they do for the money. And that's something that I've been really trying to incorporate more in my workflow is just like, I want to do my project. I want to find a brand that is aligned with that project instead of the other way around. And I think that's the direction I want to go. I want to work like on longer projects, not like waking up at sunrise, shooting sunrise, getting a banger, posting the banger and it's done. You know, mm. um, I feel like that's uh, that stayed in the past for me just a little bit. And now I want to like focus on like, oh, let's spend a week in that place. Let's create like a, a nice story. Let's do a video. Let's do whatever. Just like having more more storytelling than just like getting to a place, shooting a banger and and, and going home. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's basically the pre-production that I do. Planning so you kind of choose the place and then you choose the brands and then you see if it combines. And if you, let's say you really want to go to a place, but you cannot sell your trip are you going to go anyway or not it, it depends on the cost of the trip for sure well as i mentioned before greenland for example greenland is a destination that i have on my bucket list for like three or four years but a trip to greenland would cost like ten thousand dollars or something so it's a really hard trip to to do and it's a trip that i kind of need to have a brand aligned otherwise it's too big of an investment that i'm not sure that i can get this investment back like post trip, which could be like selling prints or like licensing images uh, or selling to magazines. Like, I don't know if I can make $10,000 of that material that I create in Greenland or even like selling a photo expedition in the future. Um, that could be as well. But there are trips that I really want to do. Like this trip I did to Finland, I didn't have any brand behind. I just paid the trip for myself. And it was the most amazing experience, like photographing bears. It was a hard trip to sell for companies because I was basically like in a hut for five days without like getting out. So I didn't you have... You couldn't put something on the bear or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a hard trip to, to sell. I, I, I came up with some some ideas, like tried selling to... a. Uh, I did have a good contact with uh, with Sigma, the lens, the lens brand, uh, but I didn't have the budget at the time. But yeah, if if a trip, if it's something that I want to do, and if it's not not gonna like break the bank, I'm I'm gonna do for sure, and I'm gonna use that trip as portfolio, or I'm gonna try to sell that content later. And to it's basically to sell or to print. Like if you say you're gonna sell the pictures later. Mo- well, mostly prints or, or licensing or magazines or potentially like selling for a photo expedition in the future. That's something that I want to do with the bears as well. Maybe next year, like taking a group to photograph the bears. So if I, if I manage to bring a group next year to Finland, the first trip is going to be paid off. So it's a, it's a win-win situation, right? Well, the same thing happened in, in Patagonia, for example. Like first first two times I did, I just did by myself. And then um, I had very good content, like very good portfolio to sell, like a photography workshop, take some brands as well to work with. So my first basically two trips were paid off with the, the workshop that I did and then the workshops that I'm going to do in the future. So every trip that we do when we work with photography needs to be like... You don't think of like an expense. So I'm going to go to this trip and spend as much money. Like every trip that I do, I consider as an investment in myself, in my portfolio. So shooting the bears, for example, it's a very nice addition to my wildlife uh, portfolio, which is something that I really enjoy doing. Then a maybe a trip as well. I mean, we had we had a few sponsors, but in the end, it wasn't a trip that I made that, that much of money, but... I had the content to probably host a Namibia workshop in the future. I have a very nice wildlife photography material. So it's all an investment. And if you do it well, if you take everything as like work, if you do your best and all the trips, I think the money will come back at some point. So, so you keep kind of like what you said before as well. Of you don't know how much you're going to make the next month. So from what you're saying as well, you have different income streams as well that you can then invest and then you receive it back later to then invest yeah. it again. So it's kind of like, but you need different income streams, I guess, to 
keep going. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, mixing the strips of commercial work is good as well. But yeah, it's it's very uncertain, like when you're going to get money, if you're going to get the money, if it's going to be before the trip, if it's going to be during the trip, it's going to be after the trip. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy with that, to be honest. It's an amazing lifestyle, just like traveling and meeting people and photographing. I love it. Like for me, it's not, it's, it's never been about the money. Like, oh, I want to make $100,000. I mean, if, if the trip pays off, and if if I'm happy, like this is this is enough for me, right? At least for now, that's that's where I am with my life in the moment. I'm not thinking so much about the future, like in a couple of years in advance. Now, for me, it's just about like living the moment and figuring out the next trips. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm happy with that and with the workshops that uh, we're gonna do in the future. Um, we got some I got some good commercial works coming as well, so it's uh, it's fun. Do you wanna give a little bit of insight of what's the what are the future projects? That yeah. yeah, it's not 100% confirmed yet, but I think in July, actually, I'm going to Namibia again with uh, an airline company. Did Fun you job. pitch them or did someone? They, they reached out to us. They reached yeah. out to us. Yeah. So the same group that went to Namibia last year, this airline company contacted us like, hey, we really like the, the, the content you did in Namibia. Do you want to go again and shoot for us? We're like, yes, we want. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's another another example of investment that we did that it's paying off right now. Visibility uh, as well, right? Marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, that's gonna be July, hopefully. Uh, we're gonna hear from them from them this next week. Then I have two weeks of workshop in Lensois in Brazil. Two groups that are sold out, which is amazing. Then in August, I'm going to Sweden with an outdoor uh, clothing brand called Fijal Raven. You probably know them. Uh, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, they invited me to be in the Brazilian team. So that's August. And that's what I have for now. This, these two big jobs and two photography expeditions. And then in the end of the year, probably a few more. So yeah, exciting. Uh, July and August are going to be busy. Then I hope for maybe September, October, I want to be I want to be home kite surfing. Oh. Because Home, yeah. Home. <laughs> home. <laughs> my second home. My second home, kite surfing. I love I love spending time there. Um I just don't want to travel. T- I mean if 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 a job enough opportunity comes up, I'll go. But I'm not gonna pitch anything for uh September and October. I just wanna be there relaxing a bit and uh, probably like getting getting some edits done as well. And probably November and December um traveling again. So Hopefully September and October, October are going to be like a little bit more chill, doing some kite trips. And um, yeah, that's that's what I have for now. So is that like a pattern? Like every two months, you kind of go traveling for one, two months, and then you relax for one, two months, and then you travel yeah. for one, two months? Is that like... Yeah, it kind of is. Um, from, from January to June, it's more open, like whatever comes, I'll take it. But from from July to December, I'm a little bit more picky, I think, when it comes to projects. I also have a lot of work there, if I want, uh, with kite surfing. Not only like kite trips, but commercial stuff as well, with with hotel and like kite trips. So it's it's something that I really it's somewhere I really want to be um, instead of just like traveling like outside of Brazil. So it's good. It's a it's a good it's a good uh, it's a good balance. Yeah, it sounds like it, and I guess in the First six months, I mean, you're in Rio and you said as yourself, like, you don't like that much to be in cities and you're living with your parents. So whatever opportunity you get to get out, like you just get out, right? Exactly. That's, that's when I push the most. When I'm in Rio, I'm like, okay, where can I go in two weeks? Let's see, where can I go? Like, how can I go? Who's, who's, who's going to come? Take that's, me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the feeling for sure. Okay, uh, we're slowly reaching to the end. Um, if you, well, unless you want to share something else, something that you, well, there is one thing that I'm going to ask you that I think uh, we can get into another conversation. If you could give one advice to your younger self, what would it be? Oof. I mean, you can choose who that person is. If it's like a younger self from a year ago, or if it's like baby ago, yeah. Ricardo or whatever. <laughs> I'm, I don't consider it like, a, it's not a regret, that's not the right word, but I wish I had surrounded myself with creative people a bit earlier in my life. 2018, 2019 were very, even though I like traveled, I basically traveled full-time, like I, I came to Rio, spent 10 days and traveled for two months and 10 days in two months. Um, I kind of wish 
I had surrounded myself with more like creative people in those in those years. It were uh, there were it was years that I traveled mostly alone. I was never alone like literally alone. I was always with people, but it was people like I met in hostels and like just like regular people, like not photography wise. And not the I same felt tribe. Like, yeah, not the same tribe. And as I told you before, like after COVID. I really tried to connecting with people like photographers and video makers. And I felt like my job got so much better. Like my, my, my work itself, like the quality of the images and the creative, the creativity and the trips itself, they got way more fun in general when you travel with people that share the same passion as you. So my, well, it's, it's not an advice for who's starting. I don't know if that's, that's the point of this conversation, but if you can travel with people that share the same interests as you could be biking, could be kite surfing, could be photography, could be, I don't know, if you love eating out at a restaurant and trying different meals, like try to find that person that shares the same interest. In. And I'm sure your trip is going to be 10 times better than, than going by yourself. I think tra traveling alone is super important as well for uh, self-development and getting to know yourself and um, being comfortable on your own. It's also super important. That's something that I've developed over these years that if I have to go alone, I'll go. That's no problem. But there's there's this this phrase like uh, happiness is only real when it's shared, right? It's like a very cliche, but it's but it's true in the end. Yeah, um, there's also this other phrase. What is it like? Um, uh, what is it called? Like going alone, you can only go so far, but going together, you can go much yeah. farther. I don't remember exactly the, yeah. the words, but something like that. Yeah, I if you, you want to go fast, if you want to go fast. Uh, you Go alone. If you want to go far, you go yeah with company or whatever. And it's yeah, exactly. it's, it's true. It's true. And Absolutely. how did you? I mean, you you mentioned the social media part. Um, so Instagram mainly, or like how have you been connecting to your tribe? Because I think I mean I see that for myself, but also with other people. Um, I mean, what you were saying before, for example, you had your group of friends, and nowadays you don't relate to them as much as you relate to your new group of friends because you you decided to have a different lifestyle. You decided to live in a different way than they probably decided to. So they might be going a more conventional path or they just kind of different interests or whatever. So you kind of change bubbles, right? You change tribes. Yeah. Um, and I know that is a very difficult transition to do because you're kind of, when you're in between, like you're not part of that, but you're not part of the other one either. So you're kind of somewhere in between. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I know a lot of people don't get out of their bubbles exactly because of that, because there's a lot of fear involved, because all of your friends do something else and you do something different. And you're kind of like the, the out, out, outlander from your own tribe. In a way. <laughs> um, and how do you get to know your people? Like how do in your case, you mentioned, I guess, Instagram, but are there other ways that you would recommend people to do or how would people get out of their bubbles and get to know other people yeah. that do the same thing i think it's just it's basically about just getting out of your comfort zone it's really cliche but like if you don't take that step you're never going out of your own bubble like if you're staying stuck in the same routine that's that's gonna be your life right for photography specifically speaking instagram for me it's, it's the way to connect with other people i've been i've been trying to, to be more active on TikTok as well recently. And I have I have a good amount of followers there as well, but the connection is just not the same as Instagram. And I feel I feel like that on Facebook as well. Facebook it's not it I feel like Facebook it's a, it's a social network to connect with people that you already know, like your friends and your family, like from that person that you studied 15 years ago, we still have that person on Facebook, right? You see you see whatever about them their lives. Um, for me, Instagram, it's connecting with like a new audience and it's super easy to find people that share the same interests as you. Just, I feel like if you really work with social media, you need to take social media as your, uh, not like real life, of course, but you have to be nice. You have to engage. You have to comment on people's photo. Like, yeah, man, I love this. Um, or like what's her process and then you just send a dm like hey i love this photo where was it taken just like trying to, to to interact more on instagram because people they're super friendly that's 
at least in this uh, in this world of photography, people are super friendly. And I've never had like a bad a bad experience where I reach out to someone. They're like, no, I'm not going to share this with you. This is my photo. This is not. I don't want to share this. People are super friendly. And like, let's say I I'm going to Bali next week. Like as you're going, like probably three four times a day, I see people posting like somewhere in Bali, right? And they just reach out like, hey, I'm going to be in Bali in two weeks. Is still going to be around? Let's grab a beer. Let's shoot something, you know? The connections that you made from this like small conversation and these small moments are amazing. And I think it's just like, yeah, taking taking that step. If someone listening to this, that it's not like completely uh, related to photography, just like go to hostels and meet people and like join uh, join like a, a bike a bike group as you do and like go for a pub crawl, whatever, like uh, a river river cruise. Like just do something that it's gonna connect with people. And I feel like that's the, that's the best way to to experience the world in general with with other people. Yeah. Yeah, and I think once you also start doing that what you like you automatically start getting to know people that have the same interests right like um as you said like if you go to i don't even know if they still do that but a few years ago there's also like the meetups that you could also go like you could just like choose a certain topic or something i don't know if they still use it a lot like i i use for a while but i haven't um anymore but i think that's also like you just look at a topic that interests you and then you go to some some to a place where there's more people that are interested in that topic as well and then you automatically get to know people right yeah it's like a magnet you, you attract you attract not only the people but the things that you want to track if let's say if i that's what i do i post a lot of landscape photos so normally my audience is going to be people that like landscapes and travel as well so it's in the end it's easy like you you attract what's another phrase you well when you plant something that you're gonna like i don't know the uh what goes around comes back around maybe yeah yeah i mean it's not the literal translation but um uh what do you uh what do you water you you harvest something like that yeah anyway yeah something like that whatever the seeds that you plant you're gonna harvest at some point exactly Exactly. so yeah so that's that's that will work as well like if you only start posting jobs that you do cars for example at some point a car brand is going to reach out to you right um if you only post uh there are a few people like they're known for like exploring the arctic regions on instagram like if you only post about the arctic like if you only go to Iceland or Greenland or Norway, like that's that's gonna be you. Like you're gonna attract people that are interested in those countries and brands as well. So that also works with everything in life. Whatever kind of energy that you bring to the table, you're gonna receive that energy back. So yeah, the universe is gonna it's gonna retrieve like it's gonna talk back to you for sure and i think what you mentioned i mean instagram i mean you mentioned for example that you post uh only the landscape pictures and very specific minimalistic pictures but it's not that the only things that you work for like most of your commercial job you don't even post right so that's also an interesting thing with instagram as a tool of promotion and portraying you right and well as i said before on social media we only share the stuff that we want people to see basically well my my dream clients would be clients like outdoor stuff like hiking or camping or maybe something like to do with like long expeditions could be like in a car or however so that's that's what i want to post on my instagram like minimal stuff related to this kind of like landscape and scenarios I do a lot of fashion as well. I do some product work, but I don't want to post this because even though it's it, it's it's a source of income, right? I have I have that on my website, but on my Instagram, I just want to post what I want to attract. So if I start posting like product stuff on Instagram, there are probably more product brands reaching out to me. Which I mean, it could be nice, but that's not what I want to do like a hundred percent right now. I have that on my on my portfolio. I pitch to these brands. But I try to keep this this kind of uh, jobs like offline. There's also something that as uh, when you work with photography, especially of social media, it always comes comes related to like Instagram and like, are you going to post? Are you going to share a brand? We're going to use your your personal brand, like my Instagram account to advertise my brand. And that's something that I don't like to do when the brand is not like really aligned to, to my values and my audience. So I only share in my Instagram what 
I feel like sharing. Uh, and when it's a job that I don't feel like margins, it's gonna it's gonna enjoy or it's something that I don't enjoy particularly. I I just don't share. I j- just like deliver the content and they post on their website, on their Instagram, or whatever. But it doesn't have to be on my social as well. Mm-hmm. While you're saying, I mean, uh, I'm going to extend a little bit more, but something, a curiosity, your thoughts between commercial work and art. That's a good, that's a good topic. I feel like the dream for every photographer is to be hired for your art. What does that mean? Well, it's basically when the artists have full creative freedom to create whatever they want. Basically, they don't have any guidelines like you do whatever you want. You go to the location you choose, you choose the model you want, uh, you edit the way you want. Basically, when you have a blank canvas that you can just photograph whatever you want. That's that's the main, that's the dream. And that's hard to, to get, to find a client that truly believes in your potential as a photographer. Um, normally, you do have some guidelines, at least for me. It's I've, I've had a few clients where like they just like, okay, this is the product, whatever you want. You can do photos, you can do videos, you can edit in black and white, you can do grain, you can do color, whatever. Like this, this is amazing. But when it comes to commercial work, especially if it's uh, a brand that, like, let's say a, a clothing brand, right? Like if you get a yellow jacket to photograph, the jacket needs to be yellow, right? And you're probably going to need a close up, uh, a few details, a photo from like a medium range, and a photo from a distance. Even though you, you can still get creative with that, of course, but you have some rules to follow, right? So I think the, the ultimate goal, and that's that's what I said, the thing about like posting just what I want, it's having the creative freedom to create what I'm happy with. Otherwise, the job that you get is just about like clicking a button, right? If the client says, I want to take a photo with like only you can only use a 50 millimeter lens and i want this composition and i want this light i mean everyone can do that right but when you can have this freedom to create whatever you want that's where the fun part is and yeah i've been lucky to have some 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 jobs like this recently and it's you just create for yourself and you get money for it and the brand is happy as well because they trust you as in in artist and a photographer so that's the ideal world but that's not how it always happens for sure. But then in that case, you would be doing artistic commercial work or commercially art, commercial art, or because then you have a fusion of both, right? Like you're actually, or are you selling an artwork? Um, <laughs> like commercial work can be art or not. It can be like something like very simple, like not a lot of editing, like perfectly sharp. It doesn't need to be art, right? But art can also be commercial. Not necessarily all commercial can be art, but all art can be commercial as well, depending on the communication of the brand. Well, an example of like this recent trip to um, that I did in Europe, I had a few clients and most of them I have I had creative freedom to do whatever I want. Like I went to Norway, Norway with a tourism board and they didn't have any like specific guidelines of what they wanted. Like they just, of course, they, they, they had the locations that I had to go, but I was super free to create whatever I want. But when it comes to edits, as is a commercial word that they're going to have, they're going to share with partners, uh, with hotels, with like another tourism boards. I couldn't go like crazy in my edits. I had to do like, if the house is red, the houses have to be red. If the, the water is it's blue it has to be blue like i can just like go out of just go crazy right even though i had the the freedom to create i couldn't just go crazy then there was like this festival in saudi arabia that i shot that i could go crazy because like it's it was a festival right i could do black and white i could do grain i can do like um slow shutter speed i could do like some photoshop and some photos so there, there are different different clients they have different communications, so you just kind of have to understand what they want to communicate and how you can fit in that plan, basically. How you could put your own creative style in there, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Sometimes you can so, do a lot of stuff and sometimes you just need to follow some rules and sometimes you have to follow a lot of rules, which turns out to be a boring job in the end. But when you have some kind of freedom, it's it's great for sure and I feel like if a brand is hiring you, it needs to give you some certain freedom. Otherwise, you would just hire some someone else, right? Because they like her work. Yeah, yeah, that's I think also a way of targeting those kind of people, right? Because you want to target someone that 
gets your service because it's you and not because it's someone else because otherwise you're just going to do a copy paste of whatever anyone else can do right and that's where you want to kind of differentiate yourself and and position yourself differently in the market i guess exactly um, yeah it's just it's just not like clicking clicking a button you know if it was just clicking a button like someone from the own, from from the company could do like just get yeah. someone just click the button you know uh, if you have yeah. already order if you have the light if you have the whatever the product everything like why why would you need like a proper photographer with like some some kind of different ideas like you don't need that you just need someone to push the button or just take the photo of your phone like it's mm -hmm. easier right yeah sure so you say you would say that art is only when it's 100% created from your own creativity <laughs> <laughs> I just um, want to make like a conclusion on that topic, but I don't know for you. <laughs> I think uh, art, I think it's very, very hard to define art. Like art for me can mean one thing and for you can mean another thing. Um, That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> That's a very difficult question. I don't you think it's it? art. You want to ask for, the, <laughs> for help? <laughs> I'm going to ask for help, yeah. Now, um, I don't think it necessarily needs to be like 100% your idea to be art, but definitely when you can be yourself, when you can, like when you shoot something with passion, you have the creative freedom to edit or to plan, to execute. It's definitely easier to create art than when you're given something to photograph right when you have a project that you're passionate about i think that's that's going to be art in general that was a i'll think about it. i'll think about it yeah. and then you can let me know in a few days <laughs> Yeah. Art, art is very subjective so it's for sure no and i mean each one has their own definition i guess and each one sees it in a different way that's why i was curious to know how how you yeah. see it but yeah yeah good question i'm gonna i'm gonna think more about that um ponder on that yeah for, for, for me art i mean it's personally speaking it's something that i for me it's some especially thinking nowadays of social media like when we're like just like endless scrolling to Instagram and I see a photo that I stop and like look for like, let's say more than 10 seconds. For me, that's art already. Like it's something that stands out, not necessarily on Instagram, but something that stands out from the crowd for me could be considered art, even though that's there's not a proper definition, but, no, but someone, I think it's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. If someone does something like really creative and outside of the box, could be any medium, could be photography, could be video, could be a painting or even like a music that you're like you listen at the first time like wow like this is amazing this is art as well so basically nowadays with like this huge flux of information this is something that stands out it's it's a little bit art already i think cool i'll ask you again <laughs> in a few days <laughs> no but I, I think it's a good i think it's great i'll also think about all of the stuff that you said but i think they're they're cool cool things to, to think about just uh, like finalizing where can people connect with you if they want to talk to you or see your work or yeah. um well mostly instagram it's it's where i'm most I'm most present nowadays i'm always very open to chat with people like if people just like starting out they want some kind of advice or something always like my WhatsApp number is just like everywhere. Like if you want to just like send me a message, um, I'll, I'll just answer you like with, with an open heart as well. So yeah, Instagram, you can it's find me on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, it's, I've, I've always been very hesitant about TikTok, but it's fun. I'm having a lot of fun and getting a lot of inspiration, especially when it comes to video. The algorithm on TikTok is just crazy good so a lot of people and i I've, i thought that as well the tiktok it's only about like silly dances and this kind of stuff but when you get tiktok to learn what you like it is an incredible tool so most of my video inspirations that it's something that i'm, I'm starting to do more recently they come from tiktok it's it's been funny yeah. so if you want to connect there as well instagram and tiktok now and of course if you want connect deeper like just send me a whatsapp or an email and i'll i'll be there awesome thank you so much for all your insights i'm gonna connect on the show notes all the the links to your tiktok instagram should i add the whatsapp number as well or <laughs> no 
if you want to, yeah, of course. Perfect. And good to chat and hope we can uh, connect again soon in the future. For sure. Well, I'm definitely going to be in one of your trips again in, in the future, let's say. I mean, I, I still have the Bolivia one in my head. I didn't, I didn't forget yeah, that one yet. That's going to be a fun, very fun one. That's yeah. in April, April next year. Yeah, Namibia or Bolivia. Hopefully, see you, see you, see you in one of those two countries. You can you can borrow my uh, my big lens. No, thank you. But then you can't take any pictures yourself. <laughs> so, uh, be a we, we, we no, if, I, if I go to Namibia, then I need a camera. But I'm gonna start talking to the universe. Let's see what it sends. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, thanks. Thanks good. for the chat. It's been a pleasure. Take and, care. Uh, yeah. And rest well. See ya. See ya. <laughs> so if you don't know Hikaru's work yet, I'm going to leave all of the links that we promised on the show notes. And I highly recommend that you go there and check his work out. Go to Instagram, go to TikTok, go to his website and connect with him if you feel like. If you're a photographer or a filmmaker and would like to get some inspiration, I do recommend you to connect with him and maybe, who knows, you'll be traveling with him at some point, maybe through one of his expeditions or through one of his travels or who knows. I mean, as he said himself, it's always good to have connections, to do networking and to just get inspired by each other. So go out and talk to people. And we will talk to each other very soon. And next week, there is another episode coming out. And yeah, have a beautiful end of your week. Bye-bye. If you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to rate it five star. And also share it with anyone that you think that might profit from these talks, from these sharing conversations. And I thank you for that. And wish you a wonderful week ahead.